Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we've got a jam-packed show for you this week. Uh, We've been gone maybe a little over a week. And we're going to talk about the Ducks road trip, which they did very well. They did not lose a game in regulation. And then, of course, they came home and all kinds of craziness unfolded in the uh, game against St. Louis and the disaster against Calgary as well. So we'll talk about those. Tons of fan questions to get to on this show. Uh, Some former coaches to talk about. Randy Carlisle, Boos Brujor in the news as well. Um, some injury updates on Ducks players and also Jay Bowmister um, to cover. So lots of action, lots of things to get to. This the show, I don't know, hopefully it's not two hours. <laughs> a lot of the shows have been running kind of late lately. But I think we'll, we'll change gears a little bit to start the show, Eddie. And we'll talk about pregame podcasting. So if you haven't heard of this, this is something that Eddie and I do. We like to drink before our podcast. So we, we get together. We uh, talk about everything that's gone on for the week. We take notes. Uh, this week we've got four pages of type notes, and that's kind of what we've had in the last couple uh, episodes or so. But uh, we like to get a little started, uh, you know, a little happy before the show. So um, for me, uh, you know, if you if you like to grab a cold one while you're listening to the uh, show, I appreciate it. I am drinking Coors Light right now, so don't hate on me. Uh, what do you have going on over there, Eddie? I love Coors Light, so I don't know why anyone would hate on you. That's an awesome beer. I didn't like it until I went to the, the the state of Coors Light over there in Colorado, and I started loving it. It's just a good beer. It's a good hockey beer. I've tried drinking IPA before a hockey game, a tournament. That's the biggest mistake of your life, a rookie move, and I regret it. I'm currently drinking a Michelob Ultra Infusion with lime and prickly pear cactus. I don't know. It, it tastes pretty good. I like the flavor a little bit. And also have a bottle of a Pink Whitney. That's uh, Ryan Whitney's uh, Pink Lemonade Flavored Vodka. Started drinking around 10 o'clock, so it's day drinking. But you know what? It's 5 o'clock somewhere. The funny thing is, Mike, uh, I actually do better and I write better when I, I'm drinking a little bit. Like There was this one time when I was still uh, finishing up my community college stuff. I, I wrote a paper, a final paper. I was drinking at a dive bar. I ended up just getting completely turned. Woke up the next morning, had like a three and a half, almost four page paper written. I had to go fix the grammar and spelling. I got an A plus on it. Just unbelievable. And afterwards, once I was done with the class and a few semesters after, I finally reached out to my professor. We bumped into each other and I was just telling him like, hey, you know what? That paper I wrote, I was blacked out pretty much writing it. It's, just, it's funny how like my mind can just focus on something in writing. But I think a lot of our listeners, besides what we're drinking right now, they want to know one of the most important questions is how was London? Please tell <laughs> That's us. right. So if you didn't if you didn't catch it on my personal Facebook page, I talked about it. I was in London for uh, the last week. Um, unfortunately, uh, my dad uh, wanted to plan the trip, and he did it during the hockey season, which I try to do everything when it's not during the hockey season. But I have relatives that are over there, and you know it's just worked out the way it did. So. I mean, I had to go, uh, but it was a great experience for anybody that hasn't been there. I highly recommend it. 
Um, also, if you don't know my uh, other friend of the show, Eddie and I too, Jen Franklin, she actually had planned the trip the same week. <laughs> so I ended up meeting up with her and her daughter as well over there. It was really awesome. So I had a great time. Um, I definitely check it out. Did a pub tour, which was great. Um, trying to watch these games was crazy with the time change. But uh, thank God for some of the hockey streams out there because some of the other stuff didn't work while I was over there. But it's a great time, and I, I just highly recommend it. Um, it, it. I just had fun. A lot of, lot of history over there. Uh, some of you know I have a lot of uh, veterans in my background, and I, I found out that one of my great-grandparents was actually in World War One and World War Two. I didn't know that, which was really awesome. I knew that three of my uh, four grandparents were in the war, but just to know that was awesome. They, they fought um, on the U.S. and British sides. To, you know, It was kind of split between, but I have now four uh, relatives that had fought in those wars. So it, just a lot of history, a lot of good things to check out. Um, I just, I just highly recommend it. That's all I can really say. Um, I saw a lot of good things over there. It was a great time. I'm glad I'm back. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I don't plan on having any more vacations during the season, (laughs) trying to avoid that, but it was a good time that, you know, that's the best I can say about it. Um, you know, watching the duck games in the airport was fun. Um, you know, I posted some photos of that as well. And uh, we'll get to some of these games, obviously. Uh, Eddie covered a lot of this while I was gone. Thank God, Eddie. I appreciate it immensely. He did a really great job, especially the St. Louis Blues-Ducks game, which we'll get to that as well. So um, whatever you're drinking, I hope you sit back and enjoy the show. Uh, if you're driving, then don't drink, obviously, and just enjoy the show on your on your uh, road trip that you're going on or maybe your commute to work. So talking about road trips, uh, the Ducks went... Uh, we, we talked about the last show, if you didn't check it out, that they played the Kings, they beat them in L.A., and yada, yada, yada. We were happy that they beat L.A. But they then uh, went to Canada for a majority of this trip, and they they, they did all right. It was kind of interesting. We'll, we won't spend too much time on these games because we've got so many topics to cover. But they went to uh, Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto, and all these games ended up going into overtime. So um, the Ducks, they first start out uh, against Ottawa, and this game, uh, the Ducks played pretty well. Like we said, they came off the win against the Kings. And in this one, they played you know pretty decent. They had a goal by Nick Ritchie, uh, another one by Kasha. Uh, they kept kind of going back and forth. They ended up going into overtime, and the Ducks pulled this one out, Eddie. Kasha with a great overtime goal. Raquel, or excuse me, shootout goal. And Raquel with a great uh, shootout goal as well. And the Ducks pulled this one off. And I, I thought it was a good uh, start to... You know, basically the uh, the Canadian road trip as the Ducks ended up putting two wins together, Eddie. Yeah, I wasn't really too fond on this game, and I don't really to be like sound like too negative. I know we got the win, but it, it seemed kind of boring. It's like it's just kind of like okay, I'm sitting there and I, I found myself kind of like thinking about other things or going on my phone looking up other other things and not really fully paying attention to the game because it, it just seemed like it was boring hockey. I think the Ducks. Despite their record and how this season's going, they are way better than Ottawa, and they should have steamrolled this team. Uh, I did like uh, seeing Nick Ritchie, you know, still contribute. He just Nick Ritchie knows his job. He goes to the front of the net and gets in those dirty areas, and that puck seems to be bouncing toward him all the time lately. And we'll talk about it more throughout the games, but he just seems to be in the right place in the right time, and always the right place in the front of the net. So it, it's good to see him get some, uh, you know, some puck luck. And then Costa's goal, that, that was just awesome. It goes off the back, and he just ends up just, 
getting that rebound from the uh, I, I don't know even know it's one of those things where it's just a beautiful goal to score and goals like that are fun I I score them sometimes playing in rec and beer league and it's just always just like it's it seems like it's just luck you're just trying to get that puck in front of you and throw it as quickly in front of the net I put it you know behind the net and yeah and I think the best part about this game and the most entertaining was the shootout the Ducks just came out big with Casse and Raquel getting the goals it was just awesome uh Raquel his little you know stop and fake and then goes and shoots it's just a beautiful goal and yeah, I, I, we still got the win. It's just I, I expected more from the Ducks and a, a little better game than what they played. It seems like they just kind of played down to their opponent, and that's what I hate seeing about you know, about teams do. And I think they should have just played the game that they they could have played. And this game could have been easy five one four two Ducks. Like it shouldn't have went to a yeah. Shootout. I mean, you're right. Ottawa's been struggling uh, as we've seen with the Ducks when they play teams that aren't doing as well. They tend to play down. When teams are playing better, they tend to play up. Usually, uh, power, uh, power plays was kind of a big deal in this game. The Ducks had three. They didn't score at all. Uh, the Senators had five, and they got both of their goals on their uh, you know man advantages. So th- that was something that kind of hurt the team here in this game was the special teams play. But like you said, the Ducks got the win. Uh, shootout goals by Kasha and Raquel were awesome. So they, they built that you know two games in a row, and you're thinking, okay, let's try to win three, right? They're going to go into Montreal. Uh, Montreal's team is depleted. They got a lot of sick players. Oh, this should be no problem. Let's take them out. And, uh, of course, <laughs> this game also goes into extra session as well. They, they go into overtime in this one. Um, the biggest thing, I think, in this game is uh, I, I think the Ducks played probably a little bit better in this one. Um, you had goals by uh, Silverberg and Grant in here. Uh, but I think the issue in this one, Eddie, is that even though Montreal was depleted, they had Carey Price come back in net, and he played a stellar game, uh, you know, making 35 saves against 37 shots. Yeah, and, and this game was a lot, like, the, the whole tempo of the game was better. The Ducks played a lot faster. They, they controlled the puck more. It was just an overall really good game for the Ducks. Minus you know them getting that overtime loss, I think the the biggest breakdown they had was in overtime. But I, I love the way they played. I love that Grant got that goal. It's just he's just destined to score, and just like Richie, that puck just keeps coming to him. And yeah, Rowney just you know getting hacked and, and whacked, and that puck just trickles up and goes to Grant for an easy goal that he scored. I, I love seeing Grant the way he plays. He's getting rewarded. He's the kind of he's a player. That it took a while to get his first goal. He had. His first two NHL goals overturned, including one in Anaheim. So it's good to see him, you know, kind of, a, you know, get that goal scoring, a little bit of goal scoring touch with the limited amount he's been playing. I really hope, and I think he can hit the 20 goal mark for the first time in his career. So I, I'm really just putting all my, my chips in for him and wishing him that. But I, I think the, the big factor was Carey Price. Carey Price has been, you know, people have been saying he's been inconsistent. He hasn't been playing as well, but he brought his game today. Even to a, a, a flu-stricken Montreal team, he just came ready to play. And, and that was the main factor of this Ducks losing. And, of course, that overtime period, you let someone like Jeff Petrie just skate right in while you're, you're looking at him. Yeah, he's a great defenseman. I, I love the way he plays. But, come on, you put some pressure on him. You let him walk right in and take a perfect shot and, and get the win. You can't blame anyone. You know, you, you can't blame anyone but the players that were on the ice that let him walk in and do that. It's, no fault to the goalie at all. It's just a perfect shot. But regardless of this loss, the Ducks still played a hell of a lot better than they did. You know, with there Ottawa. was a little bit of controversy too in this game. 
Silverberg was hauled down and a penalty was called, but not a penalty shot. So uh, that was kind of irritating. I mean, we've talked about some of these calls and non-calls throughout the season, um, you know, involving the Ducks and other teams as well. So for me, I mean, I was glad that they called the penalty, but, you know, we know how great we are on the power play. I, I, <laughs> I really wish that they would have called the penalty shot because on that play, Silverberg had a clear shot at shooting the puck and was hauled down. Um, you know, that, that really irritated me. I, I, I thought that that could have maybe had a little bit of a change in this game as well, Eddie. Oh, definitely. Especially a player like Silverberg putting him on the breakaway. Uh, just a one-on-one with the goalie. It, it definitely would have been a game changer, I think. But unfortunately, the refs, I don't know what they're drinking. Or, you know what, I don't even know what they're smoking because I have a lot more common sense when I'm drinking. So I don't know what they're doing over there, but... Uh, it's just it's it was bad and a lot of, like I know a lot of fans were complaining and I posted too like well, okay what's going on okay I guess I don't know the game anymore I guess the game's just kind of ambiguous and whatever they feel like calling that day or if they flip a coin or something that's just gonna be be it but it, it's it's unfortunate but you know what they still got one point at least so I guess it's not too yeah bad. absolutely and then. <laughs> We talk about that little play, not a big deal, you know. Like we said, the Ducks uh, they rallied a couple times in this game. They ended up going to overtime and losing. Then they go into Toronto. Toronto's got a lot of stuff going on themselves. They've got uh, that guy. If you want to debate, still for those of you that like goalie debates, Frederick Anderson, who's on the IR, but he didn't play in this game. And you thought, well, hey, maybe the Ducks can go in here. Same thing, maybe take you know take them out as well. And didn't quite happen that way. I mean, uh, Toronto scored first. Deloria actually got a goal in this game, his second one on the season. And then Toronto just put down, you know, the energy. They, they uh, bumped up. They got ahead 3-1. Uh, to one, And then the Ducks just rallied back. They came back. You had Max Jones getting a goal, Henrique getting a goal. And then, of course, Toronto scores again. And then, uh, as we talked about, Grant, he gets a late goal in this one. They go to overtime again, and the Ducks lose. So they you know, end up getting points in all these games. They lose this one in overtime. But uh, a lot going on in this game, but I'll get your initial comments. What did you think about how the Ducks played uh, against Toronto? I mean, what a wild game. They ended up losing this one 5-4 in overtime. This was a really fun one to watch. It was just back and forth. I mean, you really can't blame them for losing this game. You have a, like, pretty much... A way better team on paper. You have, you know, more elite all-stars on this Toronto team. I think the, the worst player that actually played a really a decent game was their brand new goaltender, Jack Campbell, who uh, who suited up against the Ducks in this game after that trade. It was, it was a fun game. All the goals that were scored for the Ducks were just great. They had a power play goal. They had a shorthanded goal. Delorier scored. It's always great when Delorier, you know, scores or does something other than fighting, he contributes and chipping the puck in his second goal of the season. And so it's good to see him get rewarded for all the dedication and hard work he's been putting in this season for the Ducks. And of course, Derek Grant hits number 13. It's just amazing to see him keep rolling out like that. It was an overall fun game. And it's surprising the Ducks took this to overtime because, you know, Toronto should have had this. Um, who knows if Anderson was was if it was in net if things would have been different. He's obviously the better goaltender. I'm I'm sorry fans are still triggered about this, but like he said uh, the previous show, it, it's over with. He's not on the Ducks, so let, let's move on from there. I want to backtrack real quick since I mentioned Delorier. Um, 
the Montreal Canadiens did a nice little tribute for him on his like welcome back to Montreal. So that was pretty good on their part. You know, thank you to the Montreal Canadiens for acknowledging him. He he's been a, a great asset to this season and he's been one of those players where you know he got traded to the ducks and everyone's like okay who's this guy like be putting those stupid gifts like who are who the fuck you said like the, you know that connor mcdavid or no uh, connor mcgregor gift and stuff like that but he really made a name for himself and this guy really puts his ass out on the line every single day and he's a definition of what you want on your team so i want to give him a definitely a shout out and he actually you know loved the shirts that that we made for him the anaheim fight club shirt so hopefully we can get him uh, wearing yeah him i mean soon. we hit him up too because uh if you're gonna make t-shirts and it has to deal with players there's a lot that goes into it i'm not gonna bore you with the details on the show but uh, let's just say i've had to deal with some stuff <laughs> when it's come to making t-shirts so if you have any questions about it you can hit me up separately but yes he does like the t-shirt uh, you can get it at uh, basically bit.ly slash dmpgear.com. Uh, check it out and buy it on there. You can also go to tpnhockey.com. We've got both the shirts up there. We've got the Fight Club shirt up on the TPN site and then our Ducks and Puck shirts up on the DMP gear site. So check them both out. You can get uh, you know whatever you want on there. Uh, and we've got some of the softer shirts that everybody likes, so it's been pretty popular as of late. But you're right, and we will talk about Delorier later on too in the in the Calgary game because that was really the only highlight of that game. But um, some injuries that happened in this game, some controversy in this game. We had Good Branson get knocked out. He ended up going on the IR. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in our trade rumor segment. There's a lot of that stuff that also came up as well again uh, in our middle segment. But the bigger one was Kasha getting knocked out by Muzzin. Uh, everybody going nuts over this thing. Uh, he got hit uh, in the head. No penalty was called. Um, a lot of stuff going on. So, of course, we threw a poll uh, question out to you guys on this one about what did you think about the hit? Did you think it was dirty? Did you think it was clean? Or, or you weren't sure? And the Twitter poll said 73% said it was a dirty hit. 15% said it was clean, and 12% was undecided. Um, I thought this play was interesting, Eddie, and, and people might throw your pucks or sticks at me for a, you know, a moment, but watching the play when it happened, I didn't really think it was that bad of a play. And, and before you yell at me and chew me out if you're driving in your car or sipping a cold one at home, I'll get to the rest of it. But in real time, just watching the play, first time, no replay, nothing. I didn't think it was that bad, okay? You know, the initial part. But when you go back and you watch the replay, there's obvious contact to Kasha's head. I mean, Muzzin hits him with the arm. He extends the arm and, and hits him. And then on top of that, when he goes down, he hits his head on the ice on you know after that. So, I mean, it should there have been a penalty on the play? Probably. I, I get why the refs didn't. But for me, what I was more upset about, Eddie, is that play was not reviewed at all. We know Muzzin played on the Kings. We know he did stuff against the Ducks for years there. And the league didn't even look at it. That, that's what I was really upset about. If they're not going to call a penalty during the game, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not happy about it at real time. I, I get it. But they didn't review it or anything. And now, since then, uh, Kasha hasn't played, Eddie. Yeah, at first I'm with you. I like I try to just take away the equation of it being the Ducks because I just don't want to be one-sided. Especially how I advocate for physicality and fighting in the game, 
and, and, and I love that that a mixture of the old school mentality, not the full old school, but a mixture of it coming in. So I, I try to take that equation out. But then after seeing other videos that are slowed down in different angles, it looked like a bad hit and, and it looked dirty. The the actual speed looked clean, and I, I think I'm I'm in just in that that category of that I don't know. I, I don't know if. If, if Kasha should have kept his head up and not lowered his head as much, maybe Muzzin had some time to react. He should have moved out of the way. I don't know about this play. It's just I don't want to be saying, "Oh, it's a dirty hit," and kind of go everything, you know, be hypocritical and go against everything what I believe in. But I don't want to say it's a clean hit and and just because you know I, I want to have that that mentality as well. So I just I'm in that I don't know part. I'm with you though. The league should have at least taken a look at it. But just to you know, to make that determination and not even try to take a look at it, it just just keeps you know giving us feel about the inconsistency that the NHL player safety is. And George Perils, he was a hell of a guy in Anaheim, and he's he did a lot for his team. He was that player you wanted on your team, but he's doing a shitty job as being uh you know over there in the player safety. It's just it's so inconsistent. Like you want one thing. You want player safety, but you pick and choose who's safe and who's not. I guarantee, I, I can bet my ridiculous freaking bank account money right now that if it was Connor McDavid getting laid out right there, they'd be freaking, you don't even need that blue pill to get them all wired up. They'd be wired up already wanting to throw a suspension out to Muzzin. That's just that's just un, inconsistent and unfair what's going on with over there, those dips, I'll call them, like <laughs> player safety. Yeah, and so after we posted some poll questions and whatnot, I hit up Eric Stevens on Twitter, and he replied uh, with the video that we showed, um, which which the initial angle, it doesn't look that bad. But like you said, you look, there's another angle that shows Muzzin extends his arm and hits Kasha in the head. And this is what Eric Stevens had to say about that. Quote, the first two angles I saw, including that one, didn't really show anything illegal. But then when I was able to finally see one from the side where Muzzin caught Kasha's head flush, so I'm not sure why they wouldn't be up for discipline. Justice is a spinning wheel these days, end quote. And I say amen to that. I, I, I agree. That, that's my Definitely. thing. I'm with you too. When you watch it at full speed, it's hard to see. It's hard to tell. When you slow it down and go back, yeah, you could tell after that, that like what is going on. Part of it, Kasha loses an edge a little bit and does go down a little bit. But here's the thing. Muzzin doesn't hold up. And, and not only does he hit him, he extends his arm out. I'm sorry. That should have been reviewed. He should have been fined and or suspended. Uh, I think it's ridiculous. And knowing the history with Kasha, uh, it's unfortunate because now he's been out and he hasn't played You know, as of you know, the time that we're recording the show. So it, it kind of pisses me off. And there's a little bit more that we'll talk about. We have some other uh, poll questions and things we'll talk about when we talk about team news and rumors in the next segment. But... Uh, anyways, so the, so the Ducks lost that game in overtime to Toronto. Uh, they lost two players. Uh, as we said, Gabranson went on the IR. Kasha still hasn't played. And so then they went in to their final game against the Sabres. You had Ryan Miller in net again. Uh, I have to double check. I think it's the first time he's played back-to-back this season. And the Ducks go in there. And, oh, my God, this was the best game of the road trip, at least in the beginning. I, I really thought the Ducks were going to blow the Sabres out of the building. Um, they go nuts in the first period. They score three goals. Uh, Silverberg, Getzloff, Ritchie uh, on the first six shots. They even had a penalty shot, which Troy Terry didn't score on. It could have made it 4 nothing. 
Uh, I was like, holy moly, watching this game. I, I thought they were just going to take it. Buffalo does get a late goal in the first uh, period. They get some momentum. They get a goal in the second period on the power play. And then the third period, it's all Miller time. Uh, I mean, Buffalo is throwing everything, including the kitchen sink, at the Ducks. They outshoot the Ducks 15-5 to in the period. Um, holy moly. Just like when the Ducks had to hold on against Los Angeles to start the road trip, they had to hold on against Buffalo to end the road trip. And it was all Miller in that third period, Eddie. Oh, yeah. He was playing like he had something to prove. It was just amazing. And the Ducks started off so so strong. Gets off with that that vintage Mike Camilleri, one knee down on the ice, one-timer, a beautiful goal. That's a beautiful shot from a playmaker. But it just You watched this game. You thought everything was going well. You and I tag-teamed this game on covering it. And it seems like momentum changed right when I get home. And I start, you know, helping you cover the game. And all of a sudden, it's all Buffalo. I'm like, holy crap. I don't know if that general manager, Jack Eichel, and head coach Jack Eichel told his team to do something different or he's trading everybody. But they came out wanting that win so bad. But Miller said, hell to the no. He went in strong. That was that old school Buffalo Sabres Ryan Miller that almost won us the gold medal. You know, back in the Olympics, he played his his ass off. It just it was amazing to see that caliber style of play from someone at such an, an older age, and it just he showed that flashes of greatness, and he showed he's he's really undervalued on this Ducks team, and and yeah, he's that backup goalie, but he, right there he shined. He you saw a flash the flashes of greatness and elite style goaltending on how he played in that third period, and he. He's the reason why the Ducks won. Yeah, the goals were amazing and that quick start. And, and those three goals real quick, you thought, okay, it's going to be maybe a 6 or 7-1 seven, seven, Ducks game. But, you know, Buffalo had some fight left, and, and that's what I want to see from the Ducks when they get down like that, to have that fight. But it just he, there was nothing getting past him. I, I don't know what he ate, his weenies <laughs> or, or what. He just played lights out and... Who knows, this might be his last game ever playing against Buffalo. Maybe he wanted to give that show for the fans and all the years he spent over there. I, I just It's weird for, for Ryan Miller. Uh, if he's going to re-sign again for another year, if the Ducks are going to bring him back, uh, you know, I mean, just he's in one of those places where he's kind of like at the tail end of his career. We don't know what's going to happen next season. I, I, my, me personally, it's just... He has nothing, like nothing left to prove, and you know he, he wants to stay in the Southern California area for his family. So who knows if, if this is like a farewell game, and, and that's the reason why they started those back-to-backs. But you know what? That was a, a, a hell of a game to play and say goodbye in Buffalo if this is going to be his last game ever playing against Yeah, the absolutely, and that's kind of the word I've gotten is it sounds like it will be his last game playing against uh, the Sabres in Buffalo. So I think that's... Uh, you know, why he did go lights out, like you said. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it was just crazy. The way he played in that third period, same thing. The way he played in the third period against L.A., just amazing on this road trip. The Ducks pull this one out. They win 3-2, to two, close game. And uh, another thing on this road trip, the Ducks went 3-0-2. So they collected points in those five games. It's only the second time in franchise history that that's ever happened. You have to go back to the 2002-2003 season when they went 2-0-3 on a five-game road trip in November. Uh, To me, that's just a crazy stat, Eddie. Oh, definitely. They just... 
this team has has just blossomed, and you can see that flash of greatness and what they're going to become in a season or two. The way they've been playing, it's just when you see them play like that, it's amazing. It's just they have to be more consistent. They have to find their game, and it, it it's all going to come. I mean, you can plant the seeds from a beautiful flower, but you can't be expecting it to just all of a sudden blossom. It, it, it's it's going to take some time. And this team is going to be great. You have a lot of high-end talent coming up in the next few seasons. And who knows the moves the Ducks are going to make to bring in some players to help out. It's just, yeah, it's going to be a shitty season, maybe two or three seasons. But, you know, it's going to get better and we're going to be a competitive team. And we're going to compete for a Stanley Cup. And we're going to be in that running. And this will be the thing of the past. And I really, I really want to show my gratitude to those fans that stick around. I, I know in all sports, not just the Ducks, uh, not just you know the, this hockey sport, but I know some fans get really irritated when the team's losing and being inconsistent. They just kind of give up, and then they just jump right back in like they're you know 100% fans when the team keeps winning. But I really I tip my hat off to those that that stick around and that are devoted. Uh, you mentioned Jen Franklin. Uh, no matter what, she always attends the games. It's if she doesn't attend a game, it's kind of rare. So, you know, shout out to her. She's she's always there supporting the Ducks win or lose. So, I mean, it's going to get better. And we've seen, you know, what the Ducks can do and what they're capable of with the roster they have right now. Just give it a few more seasons and they're going to be dangerous. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, it's just right now it's just, you know, growing pains, transition, whatever you want to call it. A lot of things going on right now. And, you know, after this road trip, you felt really good about the team. You know, they, they got points in five of the games. Yeah, they only won two of them, but they didn't lose in regulation. Kind of inching up a little bit. Um, you know, obviously not worried about the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. So you felt good after that road trip, especially with everything that went on. And then they came home and they had a couple games <clears throat> before going back on the road. They played St. Louis and Calgary. And all kinds of craziness this past couple of days. Um, the St. Louis Ducks game, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. It's just crazy. Eddie was covering this game on Twitter. Uh, there's a lot of people that that cover uh, the games on Twitter. If we haven't told you that, it's usually Eddie and I, but I have a couple other people that help out as well when just things are getting crazy in our own personal lives. But this game, I, I don't know what to say. I mean. The, the Ducks scored, St. Louis scored, it was 1-1, one to one, and then like the unspeakable happens. You're watching this game, if you were there or on TV, and all of a sudden there's a big commotion around the Blues bench. Uh, there's a lot of confusion that went on during the time. Nobody knew what the heck was going on. Uh, some misinformation out there as well. Eddie did a great job of not putting out stuff until it was confirmed. Um, but we found out that Jay Bowmister uh, had a cardiac episode um, that he had to he collapsed on the bench. He had to be rushed immediately to the hospital. The the Ducks uh, medical staff got out there and helped out right away, uh, which I applaud the Ducks uh, for all of this. And we've even gotten uh, you know a lot of comments uh, from St. Louis Blues fans uh, that I've seen, um, you know, saying you know just appreciative of what the Ducks organization has done uh during this um we, you know we didn't know what was going to happen there was so much stuff going on during this time so much commotion um eddie's phone was getting blown up he was running the twitter uh my phone was getting blown up we were trying to you know put out fires because people were say saying different things that weren't true and were trying to make sure that it was all correct 
But the big thing out of all this is that Jay is okay. Uh, that that that's the real main concern here is because he collapsed, he had some kind of issue, which we finally found out. It actually, just got posted recently that he went to UCI Medical Center. Um, they actually put a defibrillator in his chest to help with his heart rhythm. Um, and I mean, I never seen anything like this, Eddie, uh, in all the years of being a Ducks fan since the very beginning back in 93. Um, you know, it, it's just, just crazy. And the way that, you know, Phil Hewlett, uh, handled it too, doing this PA stuff, the Ducks organization, the medical staff, the, you know, the trainers, everybody, um, it, it just goes back, I guess, because we've talked about this on the last couple shows uh, about, you know, things that are bigger than, you know, rivalries and things like that, uh, as we've talked about with, um, you know, we talked about Kobe before, my personal issues that have gone on and a lot of the issues that you guys have had out there, too, in the last five, six weeks. Um, and I just I think, you know, canceling the game was the right thing to do and to see everybody come together and to see him um, go to the hospital and, and get stabilized, I, I think the best thing that I can say about it is it's great to see everybody work together, and um, it was a win for everybody all the way around, Eddie. Oh, definitely. And this was probably one of the, the scariest games and one of those what-the-F-do-I-do moments in these games that I've, I've ever had to cover. And it just... I'm glad that I was there to cover it because it helped me grow and learn. But it was one of those things that had my stomach in knots. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know the players personally like that. They're not my family. They're not my friends. But I still care about them because I love this sport. And I love the game. And I have to give a shout out to my old college, my community college, Citrus College, their communications department. And the classes that I, I took prepared me for this. Uh, pu- the public relations class that dealt with the chapter and we had a really good professor in emergency management situations and and what to do and what not to do and what information to put out what not to put out i think that i just reverted to that training and just did my best to 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 just give the facts i didn't want to be the first one to post it but i wanted to be the first one with facts to post it so i don't care if if someone prematurely posted it before me it wasn't about that it was about putting the facts out for fans because i know i wasn't the only fan out there that was concerned and i wasn't you know, the only fan, uh, Ducks fan or Blues fans concerned, it was the hockey world concerned about this. So I didn't want to go out there. and you know, I saw people prematurely uh, throwing it out there saying it was Bennington hurt and, and things like that. Shame on you. If you're one of those irresponsible people, they're just going to throw in panic and pretty much throw gas on a fire without knowing the facts. I mean, maybe your heart was in the right place and you thought, okay, I understand that, but you're going to take a step back and, and your tweet could have caused a lot of damage and emotional damage to a lot of people. These players' families follow, you know, you know, you don't think players from St. Louis Blues follow, you know, or take a look at Ducks and Pucks or Anaheim Ducks or whatever blog you're working for. They, they just check to see what you're saying about the team. And it's just it's part of it. And just to be irresponsible and throw things like that, it, it wasn't the right thing to do. And Mike, I appreciate you telling me uh, how good of a job I did because they just – this was the first time I handled anything like this, and now I know, you know, I now I know what to do better and what not to do. And I think, you know, personally, I think I did a decent job at handling it, minus the typos. At that point, I didn't care about the spelling. Or I just wanted to get the information. Once I got it, the factual information out there and let uh, fans know what's going on. Um, it's really heart touching, and I have that faith in humanity. Seeing how everyone came together, it's sad that tragic moments have to unite us. 
but it's just it, it's great to see that it's not just the Ducks and Blues community, but the whole hockey world just kind of came together, and, and no one gave a shit about the game. It wasn't about like, oh, well, the Ducks are canceling it. I flew over. No, it was just about making sure this player is okay, and, and that's all that matters. And, and that picture uh, that we saw at the end with Max Jones and Robert Thomas, they were London Knights teammates, hugging. That's what this game is about, and, and that proves it's more than a game. Like you guys are my brothers, you guys are my sisters. Like, like I, I don't care. You're a hockey fan. I tell you, you guys, time in and time out, that we are family. We are related because this game brings us together, and that's the biggest thing I can take from this game. It's I'm so glad that he's doing well now, and, and he, nothing tragic happened. But uh, I really want to just give a shout out to the Anaheim Ducks, the training staff, the Blues training staff, all the players that were in solidarity on the ice, and I want to give a, a extreme shout out to the fans being really respectful. Giving that 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 clap for him as he was, you know, going back to the locker room. You guys, you guys might not think that's important, but I'm sure that player hurt that and that lifted his spirits up too. And it's just these players have so much pride and they want to go out there and play and they don't want to just go out like that. But you showing support for him, like I, I trust me, that was part of of his smile on his face. I believe. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, an emotional roller coaster, uh, you know, ride. Uh- I mean, it's just something that is. I mean, we've seen it happen in a couple of NHL games, not not at a Ducks game like that, uh, involving some kind of medical issue that wasn't you know related to a play. Um, you know, he's just sitting on the bench and and whatnot. You know, whatnot happened, and um, yeah, Rich Peverly. I mean, right, that was exactly. The most and I mean, we've seen a couple of those throughout the league. But um, you look at this. This is the magnitude of what happened. So Eddie posted the uh, video of the scene with all the players out on the ice, the benches and whatnot. That video on Twitter got over 100,000 views. Uh, I don't ever think we've posted anything that's gotten that many views before. And then the one posted of the actual incident, that one got almost 80,000 views. So, I mean... If you don't think that people listen and look and watch and subscribe, they do. Um, We've got family members of the Ducks that follow us, and I know they follow other blogs as well, and they pay attention. So, I mean, it's really important when you're posting information to be careful what you say because, like Eddie said, some people said something about Bennington. Well, you don't think his family was watching out and they had freaked out? So you got to be careful, and that's why I, I told you, Eddie, you did a really great job because you didn't post anything you know, prematurely or anything that was incorrectly you posted as it came out, or if it was something from Fox Sports or the Ducks or whatever, you made sure that it was all correct. So that that's huge. I mean, there's a lot going on during this thing. So um, we're happy that Jay is doing better. He is in a more stable condition. Um, we did have one fan that asked about him, uh, James Holguin. He said, is Jay's career over? Uh, my answer to that is I don't know 100%. But I would have to say I don't think so because this defibrillator that they put in, uh, you know, obviously technology gets better and whatnot, but it's one that uh, takes into account your heart rhythm. And if something goes wrong and, and it goes into a mo, you know, your heart goes out of whack and it could have a life-threatening issue, the defibrillator actually shocks your body to put it back into its correct rhythm. So um, I think he can still play and go out there and do what he has to do. Um, you know, it's not really, it's a a more medical question, if anything, which I am not a medical expert, but, uh, I trust that he'll talk to the the staff there at UCI Medical Center, one of the best places to be at, 
um, in Orange County. And they'll put the stuff together. And I, and I think if they give him the okay, hopefully, Eddie, I think he will return. Oh, definitely. Um, as long as he's medically cleared to play, he's going to play. I, I, I don't see him you know, not playing. As far as come next season, I don't know. He's the kind of player, he has nothing else to prove to anyone. He, he's, you know, he, 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 that's it for him. Like he, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's done it all. He has a, a, a beautiful resume. He's, he's won his cup. He's just, you know, it's, it's going to be up to him and if he can medically play. I'm glad it wasn't tragic. It, it wasn't anything worse. That would have been really bad. And, like, I, I probably would have had to take a, a few games off if, if it, it went tragic, but... I brought up Rich Preverly because that happened recent, uh, a few years ago. Uh, it was a Columbus Blue Jackets and Dallas Stars game. He actually died on the bench, and then the, when they revived him, he came up and asked, um, you know, can I go back on the next shift? And I was lucky enough in Colorado when I was playing hockey at one of the rinks, uh, one of the owners used to play for the Boston Bruins, and he got us some special meet and greet with, uh, with the Boston Bruins commentators little like a vip thing and we got to just do a q a with them my question was you just died on the bench you, you were a veteran player with the family why in the hell would you want to to go out there and play again and his response was and i still remember this he said the hockey players think they're superhuman and they think they they could just you know uh like when he mentioned superman like man of steel and fly it just they don't know the reality sometimes of of their not, and that's why a lot of them have that pride and passion to always want to play. And that's nothing wrong with that. That's that's amazing. If you guys don't remember Rich Peverly, he had an irregular heartbeat, and that incident forced him to retire. So I hope it's not with with Jay Bomeister's you know his condition. I hope that it can just he can be medically cleared and he can go off on his own terms. Because that's all I, you know, I think every player that plays the game, I don't care what level you play. I don't care if you're a professional hockey player, a beer league player, or any sport too. I I don't care if you you just play, I don't know, skip rocks and that's a sport for you or basketball. I saw that movie recently. If you're one of those, I think everyone should should stop doing what they love on their own uh, account and not just be forced to something medical. So I'll continue to pray for him and my thoughts are with him and I hope that he can... If he can be medically cleared, he can play, and he can just you know stop on. His yeah, own exactly. Time. It's it's going to be up to him. Whatever he decides, and like you said, I, I I hope that that he gets to decide. You know, and if it's the medical staff tells him no, then the medical staff tells him no. But um, the main thing is, thankfully, he came out of it okay. Um, you know, and and that nothing more tragic happened in the game because that was just a crazy moment. Uh, that touched a lot of people, you know, and like we've kind of, it's weird, it's been the theme of the last several shows, um, unfortunately, but, you know, you got to look at life and look at the big picture and everything in here, and it, it was just nice to see everybody come together um, in, in this one, like you talked about, Eddie. Yeah, and it was the first time in uh, Anaheim Ducks franchise history that a game has to be postponed for medical reasons. So, I mean, it's not one of those. It's one of those firsts, but it's not one of those bad things. And and like we talked about in previous shows, this is the. Uh, it's not just January anymore. It's bleeding <laughs> into 2020. My dad just totaled his car uh, on Thursday. He got into a, a car accident. Luckily, he's okay. He's a little banged up. Uh, he's been resting. He's a little sore and stuff like that, but. It's just 2020 is just still just hitting us and hitting us. But, like, I, I'm just here to say, like, you know, we're still standing, people. And, and we're still here. And no matter how much life hits us, 
we can always get back up. And for me, like when I get knocked down the first time, especially being in fights, I always come back better and more ready. Like when, once I get knocked down the first time, I'm ready to go the second. And I, and if you knock me down again, that that's going to be you working 110. percent So we gotta. I think we gotta stick together. Um, that old saying: "United we stand, divided we fall." And yeah, I mean. It's just a, uh, it's just a hockey show. We're just a hockey blog. We're just ducks and pucks. But I like to think that you know we have an influence and reach people. We give them the information. But I, I like to think it and want my message to be like, hey, I, I'm just here as your friend too. It's just your hockey friend and all the people that that DM me and message me hockey questions. I don't know what you're going through if you if you're just using hockey just to to deflect things going in your life. But I'll say this again and I, I think this will never get old. Keep keep writing me, keep DMing me. I love talking hockey and and just we have to we you know this 2020 is kind of kind of suck it seems like maybe it's going to start off bad and, and you know go off higher and better and there's only so much that we can get knocked down and before we we start coming back up but Hey, we're all in this together, and we're all gonna just bounce back up and and go from there. And I think an incident what happened with the St. Louis Blues game, I think, proves that we have the capability of being there for each other, and we can lift each other up. All right, well said, Eddie. Uh, I don't have anything to add to that. I mean, uh, you hit the nail on the head. Twenty twenty has been rough, and and same thing. Uh, people have hit me up about situations that they've had as well. Um, you know, I, I've had, you know, three family members uh, pass away in January. And then I went to visit some family I'd never met before uh, from my relatives in England. So this year has been a, a crazy five or six weeks. Um, and I know it's been for some of you out there, too, that have gone through some personal stuff as well. And same thing, if you need to message me or text me or DM me, I'm, I'm here as well. So for those of you that did go to the game, if you're wondering what's going on, uh, they're trying to reschedule that game. They're saying that they want to do a 60-minute game again, but they want to start it out at 1-1. to I know some people ask me about that. They're like, well, why, why not start at 0-0? I guess they want to count the goals and the assists that happened in that previous game. So that was kind of the theory behind it. Um, there's no more information other than if you went to the game and you have your tickets and you want to go to the next game, they're going to allow you to go to it. If you can't, there's going to be some uh, method where you can exchange the ticket or get a refund or something like that. Uh, but it'll, it'll be all figured out. Obviously, the schedules are really difficult. I looked at both for St. Louis and Anaheim. And, and without moving games, to me, what makes the most sense is to make it the last game of the season. That's just my take. Otherwise, they're going to have to adjust some stuff because no matter where they fit in the game, someone would be playing like three days in a row. And I, I really don't think that they're going to do that. So just stay tuned. Obviously, when we find out more information, we'll post it as well. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, like we said, we're here if you, any of you uh, have something going, that you're going through and you want to talk. So um, go ahead, Eddie. I, I Yeah, I think you answered uh, Kent's question on Facebook. He was asking about, like, why started at 1-1 and not play and play a full 60? Like, just uh, why not 0-0? I asked Dan with this question. There's no, there's no like regulation. There's no rule in the NHL rule book, so it's it's between both the teams. I'm assuming that since they, a lot of these players have certain clauses in their contracts, if they reach a certain amount of points, are are whatever stat they get to get a bonus. I think that plays a factor in it too. And honestly, like why rob someone of a much earned goal, scoring a goal in National Hockey League, unless you're like players like Connor McDavid or Alexander Ovechkin, it, it, it's rare and it's hard to come by. So I, I think um, 
I think the it's best. You know, you give the fans what they want. You, you give them a full game, but you also give the players, you know, what they deserve is the points and, and the stats that they they do get. I, I know the Ducks put out something. Um, if you did get tickets from Ticketmaster, they, they put uh, fans in possessions of tickets for the home game on February 11th will not need to make an exchange. For mobile tickets, once a rescheduled day has been determined, your identical seat location will be loaded onto your active ticketing account. So if you got them from Ticketmaster or the, or the Ducks, you know, right there, then your ticket will be automatically put. If you can't make it, that's going to be between you and the Anaheim Ducks. You might want to contact them. Third-party sites, I'm not sure what's going to go on. I will, um, I'll call 714 Tickets uh, probably t- later today, and I'll ask them and see what statement they can give me so we can put it out for you fans. So if, if you have that, and I'll try to get all the questions answered so we can put it out for you. And so you, you know, also so you won't be you know bombarding them with questions. We can just throw it all at once. So we'll, we'll get that. Yeah, and I mean, in. you have to look at the way the Ducks handled the incident and that. They've done just a great job. And then, you know, the last game that we're, we're talking about before we go into all the rumors and uh, league news and stuff is that uh, the Calgary game, uh, they did a nice pregame for Jay as well. They um, had his name up there, um, wishing him to get well and whatnot. And they continued, you know, just being a class act, as the Ducks did. Uh, unfortunately, in that game, the Ducks probably played their worst game of the season. Uh, they they gave up four goals in the first period. Gibson got knocked out of that game. He didn't look right. He gave up some soft goals, but the Ducks' defense didn't look right either. Um, and the Ducks end up dropping this one 6 nothing. There's really not a whole lot to talk about in this game other than Delorier uh, beating up Justin Bieber as uh, <laughs> as Eddie Richard uh, <laughs> posted because he also was covering this game on Twitter while I, I was uh, watching it uh, you know, remotely. But, um, yes, I, that was the only really uh, thing to say in here. Uh, you know, this... This game, you know, people ask me, the worst game of the season, uh, I'd have to say yes, if not top five, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought that at first until uh, one of my buddies and, and fellow beer league players, Richard C., uh, he made a good point. He thought outside the box when he asked me this question on Ducks and Bucks. He uh, he asked if the Ducks' performance had anything to do with the Jay Bowmeister and the St. Louis Blues incident. Uh, if the players still felt, you know, that connection or still weren't there mentally because they lost, you know, they pretty much lost someone, a friend that game and he's still recovering in the hospital. Uh, gets off won a gold medal with him. Uh, we know Ryan Miller and Dalzado played. Max Jones and Robert Thomas were, you know, you know, they were teammates for the for London Knights. But who knows what the resume like this guy has? Who knows what influences are our players he's known? Like these players, it, it's a small world and a small community. Like yeah, you know, see him on the ice battling, but it's just vacation time. Usually they go. Uh, if you listen to Kess and Juice podcast, they talk about how players they usually go to the same vacation spots, a certain amount of spots, so they're always seeing each other. And who knows what kind of relationship the, the Ducks had with with him. If it still affected them, if they were afraid to, to skate that that hard, if, you know they didn't want to hurt anyone, lay a big hit and someone goes down, and, and that 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 incident happened again. I think it was a little too fresh in the minds of the Ducks, and I think that that might play a factor. And the way the Ducks played this game, I really believe that that kind of contributed to the way the Ducks played. Yeah, I was hard and I was pissed off about seeing them but my buddy Richard really put in perspective to make me think outside the box that maybe it was something more 
uh, that was you know happening to the Ducks, and I can't blame them for that, and no one can. You can't be upset about that. If they have that connection and they weren't a hundred percent there mentally, then you know they're human beings too, and they deserve that right. And it's just you know maybe it's just one of those things where it, it, it got to them mentally. And yeah, you see the Flames. I know he he played for the Flames too, and you're like, oh, well, the Flames did better, but you have no idea you know what is going on in the, these players minds and if if something who like if something's happening in 2020 like everything's happening to everyone else it's happening to them internally and, and individually and it's just like if they're getting buried with 2020 as well so i mean i'm not trying to make excuses but i i do want to shout out you know my boy richard for making a really good point it makes me think outside the box that it being that critical on this game. Maybe there was something other, like that that that, that was factoring in them just not playing. Yeah, well. I mean it's a good point, and I think it did get overlooked. Uh, so it could have been something. I mean, things affect people differently, right? You know, we've talked about it on the previous shows with all the stuff going on. Because uh, like even some people ask me like, oh, why are you still doing all your stuff? You had all this stuff happen to you recently, and I'm like, well, that's how I deal with it, you know. And I, to me. And moments of crisis or tragedy, when people respond a certain way, I, I don't judge those people. So if what happened on Tuesday affected the Ducks' play in this game against Calgary, then, I, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it affected some of them. Some of these players knew some of the other guys played with other players in certain situations. And that's, to me, okay if that's what happened. I mean, it, like I said, people deal with things in different circumstances. And until you've been in one of those positions... You know, it's 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 difficult to judge. So um, I think it could have been a factor. Maybe not for the entire team, but at least some of the, the players for sure. So, But, you know, the Ducks, they'll have a couple days off. They're going to go on the road again. They're going to head back up to Canada. Um, so we'll see if they regroup and how it goes. Um, for the we'll shift gears here and get to more of the uh, the team news and the, and the the trade rumors and all of that stuff. A lot of <coughs> excuse me, a lot of more news out there again um, in the world uh, as the trade deadline approaches. Um, first off, we'll talk a little bit about injury news. As we mentioned, Good Branson, he's on the IR. Uh, he was knocked out in that Toronto game. He has an upper body injury. And then uh, Kasha's been out. This one's kind of weird. Uh, Ducks are saying he's been sick. Uh, kind of threw it out there because Elliot Freeman alluded to him being hit by Muzzin. Um, we kind of let you guys decide. This time we did a Facebook poll. For the podcast, and this one was pretty close, Eddie. Um, we had sixty percent believed that it was a head injury from the muzzin hit, and we had forty percent believe it was due to illness. Uh, I know that they, you know, played Montreal and they were dealing with the flu, but uh, what did you think about uh, Kasha and, and why he's been out? Well, the trade deadline's coming up pretty soon. I can. That's come on. You don't want to put a player on IR and go out there publicly insane. But it's a you know it's a head injury or whatever, but then again you can't go out there and lie and say something it's not. I don't know if he just walked in the locker room and sneezed. Oh well, you might have the flu. <laughs> Boom, let's throw it out there. You know what? You drink a Corona beer, you might have coronavirus. <laughs> Sorry, that was that's just a joke. That, that it's not what that's not how you get coronavirus. I know something. You know, it's like the number one leading. Google search the last few weeks was, could Corona beer give you coronavirus? No, it can't. But, yes, it's a joke. Honestly, I, I think it's a little bit fabricated a little bit. Um, you don't want to, you know, put, let it know that a person that has consistent injury problems 
is going down with another injury, especially if you're using him as trade bait, and his name has been popping up as of late lately. So I think it's a mixture of both. It's it's yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm not him. I'm not there. I, I'm not their training staff. But injury, sick, sick injury after a hit, you, you all of a sudden get sick. I don't know if you know times I've got hit in the face. I never had the flu or anything. So. Maybe it's a muzzin has a different strain of, of <laughs> punching that gives you the, a certain flu, the the muzz sign flu or whatever. But I would call it BS if I were to put. Yeah, my and that's on it. you know some of the responses we got on Facebook too. Uh, we had Joshua said the same thing. Yeah, you know that he believes it's the flu, but you know the whole thing about making it marketable for the trade deadline. He brings that up uh, as a thing. Uh, we had. Um, this this other funny one uh, by Boaz. He says it's the trade deadline flu. <laughs> so I, I thought that was a great <laughs> comment too. We had a few different people, you know. T- that is the best comment uh, of that's oh that's an awesome comment. The trade yeah. deadline flu. That is that's even better than yes. the Vegas flu. We're gonna trust me. We're gonna create something and credit you for that. We're gonna create something uh, on that. That's awesome. So to me, I I think it's a little bit of both. I think he's probably sick in the head after getting that hit. But um, yeah, you don't want to put that out there because we had more trade rumor news come up. Shocker, right? Shocker, folks. Um, Yeah, so this is more stuff coming up. Um, Basically, there were a couple of mentions in Elliot Freeman's articles, the 31 Thoughts articles that he does. he had the first one he talked about is uh, Manson. He didn't think he was going to be traded. He had a funny quote in there. He didn't say which GM said this, but Eddie, I was laughing at this. He said, "Quote: Your wife does not love you as much as the Ducks love him," referring to Manson. And I just died <laughs> laughing. So I was like, "Okay, yeah, you know." And and we talked about that. We said on the previous shows, if you didn't listen, that if Manson was going to be traded, it would have to be a really good deal. And this basically alludes to that too. And then his next article that followed it up. He said he added more names to the list. He said Fowler, Lindholm, Manson again, Raquel, and Silverberg he thought would not be traded. Again, alluding to the fact that it would have to be a really sweet deal in order for those players to be moved. Uh, We've talked about that, Eddie. I I agree with those comments. It makes sense to me. Um, He also mentioned in, in the more recent article that he thought Kasha and Grant could be traded. And, of course, those names got mentioned and then uh, got a lot of attention and people started to get upset about those names being mentioned. But what did you think about his couple articles and who he thought would or wouldn't be traded, Eddie? It's hard to tell with our GM. Uh, we know he's not overly aggressive and he's it, it's, it's kind of rare to see him make any significant moves. I don't really – I'm not holding my breath for the trade deadline, him to make that many moves. I think he's going to probably make one or two maybe significant moves prior to the trade deadline because it seems like he doesn't like to work under that pressure on the deadline. Um, I don't see Derek Grant being a duck after trade deadline. And that, it, yeah, trust me, don't don't bite me right now. I love Derek Grant, and that's really sad to say. But the way his, his, his play has been, he can easily be a, a, an upgrade to a lot of the, the contending teams uh, fourth line and, and he's just tenacious on the penalty kill and he can be a factor I, i'm arguing right now and maybe it'd be a stretch he can probably fetch a third line or a third round draft pick maybe with some conditions added to it to s- solidify that but 
I think if you can get a team to overpay a little bit that can pay dividends for their team uh, making that run for the the cup, um, I think Derek Grant will, might be worth a third-round draft pick. He, he's playing some of his best hockey he's ever played. And his penalty kill, he's just he, – he, he just – He's everywhere. Wherever that puck is, it's like a magnet. He's just drawn to it. It's it's paid dividends, and he's at the right place, right time, and he's just having that puck luck. And uh, I don't know. I think he could be a factor. Uh, another player, too, is uh, Delorier. I keep saying this. Um, I would hate Delorier to leave because I, I, he's been, I think, the best thing that's happened to the Ducks this season. He's just He's proved that his dedication to the game, and he – does everything for your team. He's one of those players that you just want on your team and want to be there for you. Uh, if those of you that don't play hockey, he's one of those guys that you want at the bar with you when you're blocked out to carry <laughs> you out and tuck you in bed. Get your phone, your wallet, and keys and make sure you're safe. Uh, I think he's amazing. Um, we reached out to him, and he, he quickly commented back to us. I think that shows a lot of character, too, and, and humbleness on his part. You're you're a professional hockey player. You don't have to reach out to to, to, to us Joe Blows. So uh, it, it's great. But I, um, Costa is going to be hard. His value probably dropped because GMs aren't stupid. They're not going to buy this whole, oh, he has the flu or whatever you want to call it. Manson might be interesting. I don't, I don't see him going. Gets off. He's not going at all. Definitely not. Um, as far as that, um, if anything else happens, we will probably update it. And we're still thinking about doing a, a post or a pre-trade deadline show. Um, I don't know if we just want to just entertain fan questions and, and our scenarios, what they think should happen, and we can just talk about that. We definitely are going to be here for the trade deadline. We'll be up at early in the morning to cover all the coverage. Um, we'll try to make it interesting. Uh, Mike and I will talk. Maybe we give some uh, some giveaways. We have some merchandise. Uh, make a game out of it or, or something. We'll be there if anything happens. It'll be the first to alert you. But if I want to throw anything on there, Grant's going to be the one to go. And I really hope that if he does go, he resigns back with Anaheim next season because I think he'll have the most success playing. Yeah, that's a good point you bring up about Grant. And I forgot. I I don't remember where I saw that, but. I was having some kind of discussion with somebody about that, and they were saying that because he's a UFA and he's doing so well this season, as you talked about, if Murray is going to try to get these higher draft picks uh, to rebuild you know, a, a faster in the summer, if you will, that a plan could be, hey, we trade Grant and then – or uh, you know, wait and then get him back you know, in the off season, if someone just wants to get him as a rental to try and help him with a playoff push or a cup push or whatnot. So I, I think that's a valid uh, point. I, I think that's something to watch. The other one that I brought up, uh, you brought up Deloria. I agree with you on that one. The one I'll bring up is Sprong. Uh, again, he was recalled uh, before the Ducks went on the Canadian part of the road trip, did not play at all, and then was sent down again. He's another one that I'm telling you just to sit there and watch uh, that could be moved as well. I, I just he keeps getting called up and, and you know is getting passed over. Um, he is an RFA uh, at the end of uh, next season, so um, you know maybe there's something there uh, that someone will try to look at and, and pick him up and maybe try to give him a, a longer term or something. I, I don't know, um, but I, I think he still adds value to the game. Uh, people give him a hard time about his defense, but I, I think he's still a worthwhile player. I just don't see the Ducks keeping him because they don't really appear to you know want him as part of their plans. So 
those are some of the names to keep an eye on as we get closer. And like Eddie said, we will do something on the trade deadline day. We're both not working that day, so we will be lounging around. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what, but we're going to do something um, to cover everything, and we'll let you know. Um, we'll make it fun. Exactly. We'll, make it fun exactly. we'll do something. Probably have some giveaways, too. We'll, we'll, we'll get creative. Um, the, the one thing we do know, and we've talked about this the last couple shows, is Getzloff is not going anywhere. If you didn't read the last article uh, with Eric Stevens on The Athletic, or you don't subscribe to it, I get it. Uh, you know, if you don't want to pay, totally understandable, so I won't tell you everything that's said in the article but uh he did mention that you know he'd like to win another cup in anaheim he also mentioned that there have been no trade talks right now uh you know between him and bob murray so the uh, nhl rumor website or any of those other websites are saying that he was going to go to edmonton for you know nugent hopkins or whatever uh yeah i don't really think so so um which is not a surprise we pretty much talked about that and beat that to a dead horse so Wait, wait, Mike. So, uh, okay, wait, I- I'm confused. I don't know if I should pause the show, but I heard the rumor about McDavid coming to Anaheim for Sprong. Is that, that <laughs> website wrong? Really? I was now, like, There's all Whoa. kinds of stuff floating around <laughs> out there on the internet. But um, like we said, not, Getzloff's not going anywhere. I mean, it had to be something crazy. Well, wait, so... I'm not getting traded, right? Like you're not getting traded <laughs> in the wild, like you know, blog writers over there, please, because I I'd rather go cover badminton. Yeah, you're not going anywhere, especially after uh, your coverage of the St. Louis game. You're not going anywhere, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, but we do have some fan questions too. People are asking stuff, you know, after the call or excuse me, the Calgary game. People getting upset, whatever. But we'll entertain some of the stuff right now, uh, obviously, because it pertains to trade rumors and whatnot. And then we'll jump into the league news as we wrap up the show. Um, but we had on Twitter, we had Mighty Ducks Pond, and we also had Phil ask, is it time for a fire sale? Uh, I don't think it is. I mean, like I said, they played well on that road trip in Canada. I, I mean, it wasn't an awesome. I mean, they only won two games, but they didn't lose any games in regulation. They fought back in a couple of the games. Yes, they had the game against Calgary, but we don't know how much of the St. Louis game affected it. I don't think they're going to they're go for a full fire sale. We've talked about this on the last couple of shows, Eddie. Uh, we've mentioned some of the names. The only other thing really to add, I would think, would be that if the Ducks do try to take on a big contract to get more draft picks, you could see something like that. But as far as a complete fire sale, I don't think it's going to happen, Eddie. No, no, I can't see that. I can't see that with Murray either. Um, He's done great uh, his time in Anaheim, but he just proved that he's not... He's just not willing to to gamble like that. He he doesn't want to pick... Uh, black or red uh, and put his money down on either of those numbers and that you know he just I I can't see him doing that if he does something different who knows he bought out Perry Uh, that was a big surprise Um, I don't know what what his seriousness is this season and where he can get he made it known that he he's willing to pick up bad contracts for you know you know for picks and prospects but it wasn't really having we haven't seen anything yet uh, Bogosian from the Buffalo Sabres was one we talked about how he can pick up and, and get some prospects from Buffalo. They put him on waivers right now, so I don't know. I can't see any other team picking him up. Maybe the Winnipeg Jets taking a chance because they're depleted on defense, but I can't really see anyone picking him up. And I don't know if that's the option still on the table. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But um, it just kind of it's one of those things where you have to wait and see. You never know come trade deadline. Uh, people, you know, can speculate all they want. 
and Bob McKenzie and uh, all those those big names. They do a great job. Like I tip my cat, my my cap off to them. I don't even wearing one. I'll tip it. I'll wear one just to tip it to them. They are up twenty four seven, giving us all the latest details. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the Ducks this season because it's different. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying they're going to make big splashes, but there might be a little uh, uh, key moves and stuff. Um, I just I hope they don't trade Grant for a 35 year old guy that that wants his name read differently <laughs> in the media, like <coughs> Wagner. But I'm sorry, I keep living in the past. It's Valentine's Day, so I can inter inter channel my living in the past days, I guess. But well, on the, on, yeah. you kind of touched on it too. On there, we had another fan, Nick Foster, asked, you know, quote, "Is it GM Bob Murray on the hot seat?" Um, and I would say right now, no. Uh, as far as in the fans' minds. Yeah, there's a lot of fans out there that that aren't happy with Murray. But in terms of, you know, with the owners and the organization and everything, I don't think he is and I don't think he will be. Uh, I think part of it is going to have to depend on what happens on this trade deadline, the rest of the season, the draft and all those other kind of things. Um, I mean, should he be on the on the on the hot seat? I mean, yeah, there's certain things that have gone on that that aren't, you know, making this team better quicker. But as far as the organization saying, hey, we're going to boot him or do anything, I, I just don't think so, Eddie. I, I just don't see it right now. I think a, a lot of worse things would have to happen with this team, uh, like I said, the rest of the way this season. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you. I want to jump to another fan question, uh, Kuya Kirk. I want to give a shout-out to him. Um, I know uh, your profile picture on Instagram you have uh, either, I, I believe it's Army BDUs or it might be Air Force BDUs. I apologize for that. I was in the Army. So I want to say uh, thank you, brother, for following. Uh, you're my brother in arms. Uh, we served together. So, you know, I appreciate that. And I always appreciate a fellow service member, you know, uh, reaching out and talking to us and following the page. But he asked a really, really question that I wanted to post uh, as a fan question. I might post it later, but... He asks, could the Ducks win the Cup with the 2007 lineup in today's NHL? Mike, I'll go to you first. Yeah, that, that's a great that? question, and I think that they could. I think that that 2000 team was a complete roster. I mean, you had guys that could score. You had guys that could play defense. You had Niedermeyer and Pronger uh, back there on the blue line. Uh, remember, you had Getzloff and Perry on the fourth line. Um, you had Jaguar. Uh, doing his magic. I mean, the, the team had everything uh, going for them. And I, I think if that team uh, was to play now, I think definitely they would. They could make a, a really strong uh, case to be in the Stanley Cup final, if not win it, uh, hands down. No, no uh, argument for me on that one. Okay, and I made a mistake too. I want to apologize, and I'm going to correct it right now while we're live. Um, that wasn't – that question actually was from Austin's Tank that asked that question about the 2007 lineup. I apologize for that mistake, but I still meant what I said about Kirk. But my thoughts are, um, yeah, it was a, a fierce lineup. They had speed. They had physicality. They had a play coming from all four lines, and they had Niedermeyer, and they had Pronger. And that, they were big factors in winning the Cup. And I really think that team in today's NHL would, would just thrive, in, and they had that... They just had everything you can ask for in a team to win the cup. And there was no way Anaheim was going to lose that cup. 
Now to transition to, um, you know, to asking Kirk's question, even though I made the mistake, I really apologize. Um, he asked, "What must the team do, management included, to make next season more successful?" Um, I think to make season more successful, um, it's patience and time and honesty. I think, uh, I think the Anaheim Ducks, and I'm not trying to trash talk them at all. I think they haven't really been 110% honest with the fan base on what they're trying to do. Um, come last season, I know a few season ticket holders canceled their tickets because you know they're trying to reach out and find out what's going on with the team. And then uh, at the worst streak of the team's life, they're saying, hey, we're going to increase ticket prices. And there was no communications with fans. And then this whole retooling thing comes. And it's not retooling. It, it, it's it's, it's a, a soft rebuild. And I wish and I think that the management and the team, uh, I think management and the Ducks need to be honest with their fans and let them know what's going on. And I think management has to take more risk, as in uh, Murray needs to take more risk in, in finding out what he's going to do with the team and, and to see, do you want to be uh, a semi-contending team next season and go for that, you know, barely squeaking in playoffs or losing? Or just maintain the roster you have to let the players develop. Players like Troy Terry, they have, what, eight or nine shots in the last Calgary game. And, and every game he's been playing, he's been on fire. He drawn two penalties in that Calgary game. His speed, and players had to hook or slash him just to get him off from the puck. I think it's going to be one of those things where you have to wait and see. Next season is probably not going to be better. I hope that they improve on on, on what from this season because I think they improved from last season. Uh, it's a great question, and, and I think it's kind of a wait and see. And I want to see if Bob Murray could could actually adapt to the variable change in the NHL. What's going on right now, and to be that you know he can change and not be so conservative and gamble a little bit more. And I'm not saying gamble like New Jersey, but just take a little bit of gamble and see. If things pan out by trading this and that or are doing, you know, stepping out of his comfort zone. Yeah, I think that's the key. And I think that's why people are kind of bent uh, about Murray is the Ducks don't seem to take big risks. Uh, and that's kind of been the theme lately. They've, you know, gone with draft picks. They've gone with the prospects. They try to bring up people that way. Um, you know, Murray's gotten burned a little bit, obviously, with the Patrick Eve situation. Uh, obviously Kessler, you know, being down and out this season, most likely next season too. So there's a little bit probably of, um, you know, hesitation maybe on him because of that as well. But for me, if the team's going to do better next season, they are going to have to try to speed this rebuild up. I mean, that's, that's the only answer. The question is, is how far are you going to take it? Are you going to take on a bunch of contracts? Are you going to trade some big name players? Are you going to bring in prospects? And I think, it's going to be a little bit of maybe taking a big contract and bringing in younger players. That, that's what I'm seeing right now. It doesn't seem like they're you know going to go get some star players because the Ducks don't really have a lot of star players on the team. If you look at it, I mean, yeah, you've got Getzloff, but I mean, you know, and Gibson, but Gibson. right. I mean, as far as like guys that are like all star type players, there's not a lot on this team. Um, so you know, and the Ducks do have money. So that's another part of it. I, I think that they're, I think Murray's maybe a little bit gun shy. Uh, at least he has been for, you know, with the recent news of some of these players being out. And 
I just don't know if he's going to do enough. That's why I'm kind of afraid this trade deadline. You get all excited and then go there and sit there and like, you know, it comes around noon Pacific and like, oh, the Ducks traded a fourth liner for another fourth liner. It's like, oh, exciting. Great. Good job. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying they go out and give someone a crazy big contract, but they do have money to go out there and get some quality players. And, you know, I wish that they would do that. That's kind of my gripe. And I, I don't know if they will do it. Um, but uh, we'll take one more fan question before, and then we'll, we'll go to the league news. Uh, kind of a big one that you guys were worried about, too, is about Manson. I had Duncan, and I also had uh, Ducks uh, for Life 3 on uh, Twitter ask, you know, about Manson. Is he past his prime, or is it just a down season? Um, and then we also had the comment on there the, um, from one of them that uh, my gut tells me it's a lingering effect because he seems uncontrollable with certain movements. Uh, or, excuse me, uncomfortable with certain movements. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's one of the things to look at with Manson and going back to Elliot uh, Freeman's comment that, you know, he doesn't uh, think that he'll be moved because Murray loves him so much and yada, yada, yada. But for me, I think Manson started out the season fine. And yes, I, I do think after he had the injury that he hasn't quite been the same. Unfortunately, that's what I am seeing. Um, Eddie, I think he's still a quality player. I st- think he'll still be fine. And I just think unless the Ducks are going to get a really good deal for him, that they're going to hang on to him. Um, you know, they won't have the playoffs this season. He'll probably heal up 100% in the offseason. They'll be good to go next year. Yeah, that's a good question, too. And and, and Madison's been like, I think I, I, I want to say it's both of like one of our favorite players on the Ducks team. Um it, it, it's not a good, it, you know, he, he's not as bad as last season, but he's not as good as potential. Um, no, he's not past his prime. I, I think he still has a lot to offer, and and, and I, I don't think he's playing a hundred percent yet. I don't necessarily think he's past his prime. Uh, he's just having a bad season. He's he's battling injuries. Uh, I think he has a lot of potential. If the Ducks trade him right now, I mean, who else do they have to take up that that spot at the right? The uh, the caliber that he brings to the table, uh, I think he still has some hockey left in the tank. And it, unless they get some big deal, uh, McDavid for someone or, or someone that an elite player that some team will overpay, then I'll say go ahead and trade him. But uh, as of right now, it's it's too soon to give up on him, and we really don't have someone of a caliber that can come up there and play that that role that he plays. Mike, if you don't mind, I have uh, one last question that I want to just pose out. It's for my buddy Nolan. I played uh, hockey with him. And I want to give a shout-out to Nolan because uh, one of my buddies, he uh, he died in line of duty, a Covina police officer, Jordan Quarter, a big Red Wings fan. Uh, he wore number 55 when he played hockey, when I played hockey with him. Uh, one of our, I think it was a championship game, I asked Nolan, who wore 55 too, if I can switch jersey numbers with them and wear that number in mem- in remembrance of him. And he did, so I want to give a shout-out to him. But he asked, <laughs> yeah. what would you and I think about uh, who's going to be replacement captain when Getzloff retires? Uh, this is hard for me. I can't see anyone yeah, go ahead. being uh, that leader role and taking that captaincy up when Getzloff leaves. Um, I know I'm not a fan of this, but I'm a fan of this now. That if Getzloff does retire within the near future to run three alternate captains, which I don't really like, but I, I really can't see someone taking that, that captaincy up as Getzloff. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I disagree, Eddie. I think you might be a little wrong on there. I think uh, you know the Ducks could pick up a couple guys afterwards. Uh, for me, 
I would go with uh, Silverberg as the alternate uh, or maybe Adam Henrique. You know, both those guys, they're on the team. They got the no trade clauses. They're supposed to be there through the 23-24 season. So those are the guys I might look at. Again, you know, it depends. Hopefully nobody gets, you know, obviously traded at, at this point in time or, you know, even next season. Um, if, if Gatsloff's last season is indeed the 2021 season. But those are the couple guys I'd look at that maybe they could bring up there. I'm not a big fan of all the alternate captain nonsense. So um, we'll have to see, Eddie, uh, what they do. I mean, that's a really good question. It's tough because, like you said, I mean, you, we've known Getzloff as the captain for so long. Definitely. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. So we'll go ahead and transition to the league news now. Before that, I want to give a shout-out to one of our sponsors, CoolHockey.com. If you're looking for a jersey, they have a Valentine's Day special right now. We're recording 30% off, but they usually give you 20 25% off. If you guys haven't checked them out, I suggest at least give them a follow. They have a bunch of giveaways, but they're officially licensed jerseys, and I've never had any complaints with them, so... Uh, go ahead and give them a follow. Um, if you want to contribute to us and, and contribute to the page on Patreon, if it's one dollar or a million dollars, a million dollars, it'd be cool. Trust me, <laughs> I will love you. I'll, I'll buy you a, a ten dollar drink <laughs> of my budget. But if you want to subscribe to Patreon, we give away uh, tickets to each uh, games throughout the month. We also give uh, a cool hockey gift card that allows you to get any jersey you want. We definitely hope you get the ducks jersey uh, if you get a wild jersey or king's jersey you're obviously like, disqualified just kidding you still get that if you want but uh check it out uh it takes one dollar to to set it up you guys can do that um this money does not go in our pockets we don't just buy a beer or anything we use this money to contribute back to the page so um let's go back to the league news now um Let's uh, transition to uh, somewhat the Ducks news. San Diego goals Kevin Deneen has passed Dallas Aikens for the most wins as head coach in Anaheim Ducks primary affiliate history. And if you guys don't remember, he spent uh, six seasons as head coach of the Portland Pirates of the AHL, which were the Ducks primary affiliate team. So congratulations to him. And I can see him being a head coach in the AHL in the future. Um, preferably not with Dan I am Ducks because I, I still believe in Aikens right now. Or I'll call him Aikens because I've been watching Pokemon the last few days. So I'll, I'll go for that. Um, let's go back and talk about the Los Angeles Kings, Mike. They made a trade. Yeah, they did. The Kings, the Kings traded Jack Campbell and forward Kyle Clifford to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for Trevor Moore, a third-round pick, and a 2020 condition or i'm sorry a conditional third round pick in 2021 and that conditional pick means if clifford resigns or if campbell wins uh x amount of games it'll become a second round pick this pick or this trade for me um it kind of gives i i toronto one i'm throwing it out there right now toronto need more grit and more fight in their game as of recent clifford dropped the gloves i totally forgot what team they were playing because i don't really care about them but uh, Campbell gives him a reliable backup goalie as we've seen him play against the Ducks. Uh, I, I think it was a good trade for the Toronto Maple Leafs, a bad trade for the Kings. So I think Ducks fans should celebrate this, Mike. Yeah, well, uh, Clifford's gone, so I, I'm happy about that. He's always been kind of a thorn in the side when he plays against the Ducks. So I'm with you. I, I mean... 
Toronto got, like you said, what they were looking for. They were looking for another goalie. They were looking for some more grit. So I think what they got, this is also signaling the Kings, you know, going forward on the rebuild thing, um, you know, picking up some draft picks, as you talked about in this deal. Uh, obviously, some conditions in there, but that, you know, is what that deal lends to me is that they are trying to, you know, accelerate uh, the rebuild process. Something that, as we've talked about previously in the show, that the Ducks need to look at. So, um, yeah, I, I, I get you. I, I give it to the the Leafs as of now, and then uh, the Kings see if they can, you know, you know, rebuild off these picks. Definitely. And let's go back to Dallas now. Let's let's put a little thinking caps fight in Dallas, but. I want to congratulate Andrew Cogliano reaching his 1,000th game. Um, you know what? Regardless, I, I don't care what, what the official stats say. He is our Iron Man. And George Perros, I don't know if his uh, if his mustache was calling the shots at that time. He, I think, and a lot of Kings fans think, that that suspension he got was absolute bullshit. He shouldn't have been suspended. Um, he's still a fan favorite, and he still puts in work every single day. Obviously, he's not the Iron Man anymore because he took some games off for injury with Dallas. But he, he, you know what? In Ducks country, he's still our our Iron Man. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And I saw a lot of people commenting too. Uh, you know that oh, he should have had you know one thousand and two or three games. You know, added on because of that obvious two game suspension. Then. He got hurt as well, but I don't think you're going to get any argument there. Um, you know that him being an Iron Man amongst Ducks fans, and it's good to see him. You know, reach that plateau. I mean, it's a big deal. You know, we just saw Kessler do it as well. So, congrats to uh, Andrew Cogliano. Uh, let's go to Winnipeg Jets. Randy Carlyle is going to be inducted to the Ho- Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, yes, we have some animosity toward him, the way he coached the Ducks the second time around, but we can never forget what he's done for the NIM Ducks team, and he brought us our first Stanley Cup, so we all have to, to, to show our respect and give him that. He deserves to be there. He's a Norris Trophy winner. He gave... I, I think he's part of the reason, too, as well as the roster and the GM, the, the reason why the Ducks won the Stanley Cup. So I, I give him the best congratulations. And when that day comes and he gives his speech, I'm still going to be on my feet. I'm going to uh, clap for him. And regardless of what happened the second time around, he still gave us something that that we, we, we probably wouldn't have had if he wasn't the head coach. So congratulations to him. Uh, as far as Winnipeg Jets news, uh, head, co- head coach, Paul Maurice signed a three-year contract extension. He seems to like it in Montreal. Or, I'm sorry, uh, the Jets. And he's done a great job, especially with the adversity, the injuries, and the unexpected departure of a defenseman um, gave him. And when I talk about that, Dustin Buff and, and the Jets are actually working on a contract uh, termination. Um, I don't know what's going on, Mike. I, I, I have no idea. He, he showed up day one, and all of a sudden he just didn't show up. He has an injury. He has surgery, but I don't know what's going on. There's something internally going on. There's something that we don't know about because I I can't see a player just showing up for camp and then all of a sudden claiming an ankle injury, having surgery, filed a grievance on the team, didn't say anything, and then now they both agree on a contract uh, termination. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to play in NHL this season. I'm not sure if he's going to play next season. I don't know what's going on. But it, it, it's something it's something that it's, there's more internal things going on that we know of. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, something weird's going on there. So, 
I just hope whatever, you know, I'm not a big fan of Dustin Bufflin. Uh, you know, we've seen him in some of the plays where he's taken some shots at, at Ducks players, and we've seen him taking shots at uh, players on other teams as well. So, uh, but again, this is looking at the big picture. Uh, if there's something going on, mental health wise or personally or whatever it is i don't know i'm not going to speculate we don't like doing that on the show but my point is is whatever it is i just hope he gets it straightened out um you know that's the that's the best i can put it is whatever situation is going on with him uh that it gets resolved and if it uh, and you know allows him to play hockey again great if it not if it's something that he's got to do and and take care of his own self then that's what it's got to be so um that's you know, all I really have to say, and I'm sure we'll figure it out at some, you know, point later on. Well, let's go to the wild and we're going to transition to some other news right now. Uh, but, but the wild, they traded Jason Zucker to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Alex Gachenyuk and a 2020 first round pick and prospect Kalen Edison. Um, the trade was looking good, but it seems like a lot of Pittsburgh Penguin fans are upset about the prospect that was traded to them. I, I apparently he was a top in pros, prospect for them. I didn't do a lot of research on them because honestly, honestly, who, Ducks fans listen to it, who cares about what they do? And honestly, I don't care about the Wild or whatever. But one thing that the 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 Pittsburgh Penguins did get, um, Sucker's wife. She's really adamant and she's really opinionated on Twitter and she has such a good personality and a voice on Twitter. So I think the fans got, which they don't know about, someone that's so great on Twitter. And she's funny. I mean, if you guys you know, want to follow her, go ahead and follow her. And she just, she has no filter, which is awesome. It reminds me of of the, the women that I served with in the Army. They have no filter, so that's good to see. In other news, uh, Boost Boudreaux was fired. As the head coach, um, Boost Boudreaux, that, that name sounds familiar, but Ducks fans uh, recall he was the, the Ducks head coach for a while. Um, it's no surprise at all. Um, I think the Wild are three or four points out of a wild card spot, but I think everyone's taking um, into consideration what the Blues did last season, and they're firing a coach that... You know, obviously different circumstances because the Blues were in a, a different spot. But I think the Wild are hoping to to get that momentum from firing coach and hopefully their team can make the playoffs. I really hope they don't because I don't like the Wild. Dean Everson was named interim head coach of the Wild. It, it sucks to see someone fired, but I do wish him the best of luck. And let's transition now to Vancouver. Surprisingly, you're their top team in the Pacific Division. And no matter what you you think about other teams, um, you have to give Daniel and Henrik Sedin credit for what they've done in the hockey world and Vancouver. Daniel, number 22, Henrik, number 33, had their jerseys retired. And this is pretty uh, interesting, Mike. Uh, Brian Burke worked his master, his magic. It was awesome. He first traded Brian McCade a 2000 first round pick to the Blackhawks for the fourth overall pick. He then flipped the fourth overall pick plus two third round picks for the first overall pick. And then lastly, he traded the first overall pick to Atlanta Thrashers for the second overall pick in the 2003rd first round. Or for a pick in 2003rd first round. Uh, Daniel was picked second overall. Henrik was third. 
uh, pick third overall. Burke New Atlanta Thrasher wanted Patrick Stefan. And just to throw it out, because it's the Ducks-driven uh, 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 podcast, the Ducks drafted Jordan Leopold, 44th overall. Uh, they had no first round. They picked it. And I, I say that. It's just I didn't, This is the first time I learned about the Ducks drafting that. It was crazy. He never played in Anaheim. He was traded to you know to the Flames after that. I just think that it was just uh, for for that player. It was just crazy. And that whole turn of events, um, they they made a mark in hockey history. They made a mark in Vancouver history. And it, it it was just it was cool to see a former Anaheim Ducks GM uh, orchestrate that trade. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on there. And, I mean, for him to work all that stuff out and then get him these two, you know, star players for a long time uh, worked out, you know. And, uh, you know, they, they did well. I mean, they came up short for the Stanley Cup, but they had some good seasons in, in Vancouver. So it, it was funny to see how all those picks worked out together and how he did all these things to, to put it together. And um, if you didn't see it, the ceremony. I do highly suggest you go back and listen to BX's speech. It's very, very funny. And I also highly recommend you listen to his podcast with Kessler, who was also there uh, for the ceremony as well. So uh, it was pretty funny. He did a little bit of roasting in there, both of the brothers. I won't spoil it. I want you to go back and you just have to listen to him talk because it's pretty funny. But, uh, you know, congrats to both them. Uh, yeah, they're on another team, but hey, like we talked about, you know, the big picture here. So, uh, wish them both uh, all the best in retirement. Definitely, and let me uh, throw some injury news. So it's unfortunate, but it, it's kind of good, but unfortunate. But uh, Columbus Blue Jackets lost Seth Jones for ankle surgery. Uh, he'll miss eight to ten weeks. Um, like I said, yeah, we're Ducks fans. We love the Ducks, but we always hit to see people get you know. Especially a player of his caliber go down. Shea Weber will miss four to six weeks of sprained ankle. He was upset. There was a, a media guy, which I'm not going to you know, put him on blast in the show, but he uh, was implying about a retirement, about this injury. Shea Weber uh, was upset about that, and it wasn't the case. So, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to return. He's going to, you know, he's still going to play. Um, Edmonton Oilers lost Connor McDavid, Pacific Division News, two to three weeks of a quad injury. Darnell Nurse signed a two-year, $11.2 million contract session with the AAV of $5.6 million. I didn't know this, Mike. He is the, uh, the son or cousin of uh, Dominic McNabb, I believe, a, a pro football player. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that as well. Interesting. I don't follow football. I mean, I, I know that. Do you get six points for a touchdown, one <laughs> point for a kick, and yeah, so it's just it, it's 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 I'm throwing it out there because I know a lot of our fans watch you know football and our other league news. We're gonna go. Sorry, I'm like oh Las Vegas Golden Knights. Holy crap! Do you want to bet black or red? Yeah. They purchased the San Antonio Rampage of the AHL, and that is significant, especially for AHL fans. San Antonio had a great fan base. I've talked to a lot of their fans over there. I was stationed in San Antonio when I did my canine training. It was an awesome city. And I want to shout out the people who live in San Antonio, Texas. They were just absolutely amazing to me. The great. They're going to play their 2020-2021 season in the Orleans Hotel where the Rangers played until their new stadium in Henderson gets built. Um, I think this just drives Vegas more. Mike, I'm telling you this right now. 
there's no way like I'm probably gonna like go to Arizona. I'm probably gonna go to Vegas. There's jobs out there. Colorado is my my top pick, but I might go over there and try to get a job over there and and help them out uh, with social media and podcasting. Hopefully, uh, you gave me a uh, you pretty much gave me wings to fly. So I'm gonna try to. That's my goal to relocate over there. I have a buddy that got hired for airline congratulations i'm not going to say his name he didn't want me to say it but he'll be stationed out of there so i have an opportunity to do that so it's just it's awesome that that vegas is growing and they're not just uh hookers and cocaine the stereotype that everyone just thinks of them they're actually developing to a really uh not just a a football when the Raiders go there but a, a really hockey town um i want to go to women's hockey you know what these women are a joke and if anyone thinks women hockey isn't real hockey, then I don't know what you're doing. You're probably playing pool hockey in your pants, but you're not doing it right because these women are so fast. And they, I've never seen moves like this in the NHL, these women did. And they broke the record for the U.S. Uh, I mean, they had the, the biggest record with 13,320 for a U.S. and Canada team in the, in the United States. Like, they just... It's just it's great to see them develop uh, not not developing they're really develop it just seen just get the crowds and actually get the fan base that they deserve to have so that's pretty good yeah I mean that was a, a great thing to see I mean a lot of exposure uh, women's sports we both of us are, are big proponents of that and the fact that not only they had that crowd but they had it at a Ducks game you know a small market team basically. Uh, it says a lot, and I mean it's it's good. It's a good thing, and of course USA won. You know, obviously got to go for Team USA. But overall, wait, Mike, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, who won? T- who won? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Team USA. Um, then we're going to wrap this up. Our, our kind of our last big topic, um, Eddie. Uh, we've talked about a lot on here. Is uh, Jeremy Roenick was in the news again? Um, this time he was officially fired from NBC and he posted a video uh, on there. And I know a lot of people had, you know, feelings on there one way or another. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. I mean, we weighed on it before. I don't really have much to add to it. Um, I didn't know if you really wanted to say anything more about it, but uh, he did post a video. You can go on his Twitter and he says that he's going to be going around looking for another uh, a job. And, uh, you know, I don't think it may be too long before he does get another job. No, definitely not. And this is kind of like sensitive. Like I have a strong opinion. And I'm putting my notes down right now because I don't want to read through notes. Fuck that. Sorry. But Jeremy Roenick is a type of player that always been himself. He's he's one of those Howard Stern players, Eminem kind of rappers that always flirted with the lines and, and, and pushed it and it made it work. It's sad to see that this cancel culture and AKA I'm going to say it cancer, cancer culture is is just jumping on their bones and and ripping them down. People, we have a right to disagree and agree with what we believe and what we don't. You might not believe or disagree or agree with everything we say on this podcast, but that's your right. Like, I don't know what happened when I went to the military and came back and everyone's so freaking sensitive, but, I mean, 
I don't know. Just I stand with Jr. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing that out there, and a lot of you know I, I respect a lot, and, and and I give you know this podcast and Ducks and Pucks the utmost respect, and they have my number one thing. But I mean, come on, it's just it's ridiculous. We have Tamu Solani defending Jr. Too. It's just we're allowed to have our own opinions. Hence why uh, Mike and I talked about a topic earlier, and Mike said he disagreed with me. That's all right. That's okay. Like we're allowed to do that. I just, I, I just, I don't understand why we have to to pick and choose who we have to to cancel or not. Like honestly, I hold back so much. You guys have no idea what my military brothers and sisters have talked about in the locker room uh, when I'm with my team. We have males. We have females what we talk about and we make no one feel disrespected we just talk about as hockey players and i talk about as a soldier i'm still a soldier because if you need my help trust me i'll grab my i'll grab my weapon and i'll fight for for your life no matter what it's just you know it, it it's sad that i feel that i can't even be myself and i can't be 100 percent genuine uh to talk I, I've talked to Mike about doing my own podcast and a filtered one about with my beer league buddies and talk and, and I would never do anything without Mike's blessing because I respect him and, and he's done everything for me but I'm afraid to do it because if you guys hear what my buddies and I talk about you guys might cancel us and you might force Mike to, to push me out of the way I just uh, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from any women's rights at all I have a mother and she's beautiful and she's strong and I had to deal with you know her being in domestic violence situation so I, I, I trust me I respect that immensely but I just think that some I think the world right now is everyone is trying to find anything offensive with and that's what's bad um, is Jeremy Roenick right in my opinion yes is he wrong in your opinion yes we're, we're all right and that gives us a that's what's great about the country. We can actually be right. We can both be right and both be wrong. It just, it, it just the way everything's going. It, it, I don't really like it, but I'm gonna throw my opinion, and I understand what your opinion is, and I respect it. I live my life by certain rules: no religion, no politics, no racial talk. I live by bar rules. So what what I'm saying is, all I care about is hockey talk, but. I mean, I, I do uh, agree with Jeremy Roenick, and I do agree with Team Muslani. He had his back. If you don't agree, that's great. I, I applaud you for not agreeing with me because that's your right. So we should just, um, I think we should stop being a little bit uh, sensitive, and we should just accept each other as, as individuals and go from there. Regardless, you know what? You have your own right. If you wanted to, you want to debate uh, respectfully, I'm definitely down to talk but all, all that matters is um this logo right here with this duck biting the freaking puck with his eyes out there and that ducks and pucks logo so i'm gonna do whatever it takes to preserve this logo and, and to to project the positivity and the professionalism for ducks and pucks yeah and i mean not everybody's gonna agree not everybody agrees with what we say all the time on here so i mean it's up for you to decide we just bring up the topics because those are the ones that are important right now and if you didn't check out uh tamu's twitter 
you know, he quoted Ronick's last video, which you can go back and look at and listen to before you make your decision on, on what you think one way or another. Um, a lot of people went on there and gave Tamu a hard time. Uh, and he actually replied to one person. I'll just read you what he said. He said, I have known him, meaning Ronick, for 30 years, and he is a great guy. Everybody does mistakes. Friends support friends. At least I do. I hope you do too. Uh, end quote. So obviously, Tamu's got some history there with Jr. and and knowing what he did um, as a you know as a person in his you know over the thirty years, not just what he said on a podcast or or what he said uh, in a situation where none of us were there. By the way, so something to look at. My only thing about it is I, I'm kind of more on the other side, opposite of Eddie a little bit. Um, I understand what NBC did and why they did it. I don't really have a question so much with just that incident, but my issue is, as JR has said things, as Eddie mentioned, off the cuff, uh, maybe a little bit on the line or bending the line before, and they never did anything, and now they're doing it. So that's where I kind of have an issue. It's like you you knew this personality, you knew what he was about, and you had him on there, and now ultimately you decide to do that, and yet you still have people like Milbury on the show that do things. So I don't... My issue is the selective enforcement, as I call it, uh, of certain things. So, I mean, that's what the networks do. I, you know, I don't work for a big network. So, I mean, Eddie and I can talk as we, you know, freely within some regard here. But I, I, I don't know. It's something that will have to be figured out. I'm just curious to see where he's going to land next, um, unfortunately. And um, that that's it. That's my take on it. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. But, yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with you. And. Yeah, the whole like, big networks, they have their own um, agenda to go to. So I don't know if they're trying to get younger or, or do or not. I, I think they hired uh, Lovejoy as his replacement. But, Mike, I want to thank you like just on this show. like Yeah, you do regulate a certain amount of things I talk about, but you let me pretty much like talk about whatever I want. Like, like once they cross, like it, it, once it crosses the line, you'll call me out, and I think I've done that once in this whole entire time I've been working with you. Um, other than that, you just let me like pretty much do what I do, and and you know that my main objective is to project ducks and pucks to be, uh, and to maintain the best uh, you know place for hockey you can get. So I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, you understand that I was a soldier, and I do maintain. And I, I, I'm an advocate for freedom of speech, too, but you do run a page that has some sort of professionalism and and you care about the brand more than, than anything else. But um, I want to thank you for letting me just, you know, be part of this podcast. And the only thing I just advocate is animal rights and against child, predator, uh, child predators. So, I mean, if you guys go against that, <laughs> we probably don't want you on this page. But I want to give a big shout out to Mike. Uh, it was rough when I first started Ducks and Pucks. I just didn't understand uh, what you know professionalism in my personal opinion was. I took my college classes, and Mike talking to me, and he didn't just tell me like, "Oh, don't do this, don't do that." Mike gave me an option, and he just he was there as. Like, he, he was there just to kind of like build my confidence like hey if you want to do this I'll help you do this in this direction but if you want to go this direction you have to do this and I, I really give my heart out to you dude I, I wouldn't be anyone without you and, and I'm glad I, I'm with this this you know with ducks and pucks and I'm doing this and yeah I get upset with, with, with what's going on I can't really 
you know, say what I say because the council culture. But you know what? I'm happy what I do, and I'm happy to to give and to project this hockey love and hockey sense to to both parts of the, of people that might be offended or might not be offended. So thank you for that. No, absolutely, and I appreciate you being on here and doing all the stuff that you've been doing. And yeah, I mean, we talk on here about opinions, and some people agree or disagree. And I mean, I, I get it. And uh, like we've said before, the big thing is you, you hear out other people's opinions, you listen to it and you say, hey, I agree or I don't disagree. And that's fine. We're not all going to agree on everything. We disagreed on a couple of things on the show today, but you can still show respect and ha- even though you have a difference of opinion. And that's kind of the big thing that I try to press upon other people is, yeah, well, let's, you know, you don't agree. That's fine. But let's talk it out and figure it out you know and that's that's the key to it and i think that's what's hard for a lot of people is that if someone says something slightly different then it's automatically wrong well not necessarily it depends on what you're talking about i mean there's there's a whole lot of things and and we can go on and on and on but uh that's just kind of the the big message you know and and as we've talked about on the last several shows there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that's bigger than us and all this other stuff. So, you know, just be kind to everybody else. Listen, be respectful. And and, and like I said, if you disagree, that's fine. And, and, you know, we talk it out and we just uh, we move forward. So um, and we love it. too. Yeah, exactly. We, we, you don't, we love yeah, it. You don't have to exactly be on the same page that the life would be boring then. So um, with that, this is like our longest podcast We're wrapping this sucker up. Um, so we'll have something around the day of the trade deadline. We'll figure that out. Like I said, um, Eddie mentioned on the show, don't forget patreon.com slash ducks and pucks, uh, sign up. You can get a cool hockey gift card for 200 bucks. Also game tickets. Also, you can go to tpnhockey.com, check out the t-shirts, including the fight club shirt. And, uh, with that, uh, we'll wrap up the show and we'll be back in about a week. Let's go ducks.